Hi everyone, Caitlin here, and today I'm here to talk to you guys about a company I'm really excited about, which is called Latrunk. So Latrunk is a swimwear company that specifically is focused on women's swimwear and women's swim trunks, and it was started by my friend Decker, shout out Decker, and her sister. So I personally, before I even started working with them, wanted to support Decker and ordered a set. So a top, bikini bottom, and then the swim trunks that she makes for women. They are so chic. They're so comfortable. They're literally my go-to swimwear now. So needless to say, I'm obsessed. And after trying them on, I was like, okay, I really want to work with you guys. And we went from there. More recently, upon going on their website and getting our promotion together, I realized the birth story of Latrunk, and I think it's so cute and so relatable. Basically, Decker was looking for a bathing suit for her beach vacation because she had forgotten one. Story of my life. And she was scrambling, and she could only find a store that was selling men's swimwear. So basically, she got these men's swim trunks and spent the day running around in them and was like, fuck, this is so much easier than being in a really small bikini bottom. So for all my listeners who are women out there on the go, these bathing suits and swim trunks will take you from the beach to brunch to the beach again, whether it's chasing after the kids, meeting your significant other's family, or having an active day on the lake. The trunk covers it all. And today, for my listeners, you can use the 20% off code WTFSUP. That's WTFSUP for 20% off your first order. So head over to latrunkswimwear.com. That's L-A-T-R-U-N-K swimwear.com and get 20% off your first order using code WTFSUP. All right, guys, go do it. I know you won't regret it. And without further ado, here is the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kelly, and apologies in advance. Um, It's currently Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's pretty much the first time I'm talking and using my voice since Sunday morning. Um, (laughs) I went back to Chicago this past weekend uh, to visit because it was the Northwestern homecoming game. So it was my class of 2016's delayed four-year reunion. Um, It was my friend Mira's birthday. Happy belated, Mira. And I went hard, and I had a great time. But my body is literally like, go fuck yourself. So my voice decided to go away, which is great, because that's my job is my voice. Um, so when I get laryngitis, it's not ideal, but I've been taking the teas. It's gotten a lot better, believe it or not. Anyways, um, if you're new here, especially from Northwestern, I'm sure a bunch of Emma's friends are listening, or if you're just stumbling upon the podcast for the first time, welcome. Um, this is What the Fuck's Up podcast. 
It is hosted by me, Caitlin Kelly, and it's an interview-based podcast about figuring out what the fuck you're doing with your life in your 20s. Um, And I have some really cool people on and interview them about whatever they're passionate about, whatever's on their mind, and then get into the 20s and then do a game. So that's the formatting. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by fellow alum member uh, slash former sorority sister, Emma Tyler. I've wanted Emma on for a minute now because she is just like super whip smart, um, so funny, so knowledgeable about all things pop culture. She currently is the deputy director at BuzzFeed, which is a huge title that she's been working towards pretty much since graduation. Um, You can catch her on TikTok as well. She's really funny content there. Um, Everything Emma is fun. So go follow. We'll plug all her handles at the end. But yeah, if you are interested in like celebrity gossip, celebrity news, funny tweets, Emma's your girl. So for a little background on today's episode, I want to apologize in advance. I um, had gone out the night before and this is something I've yet to do this season and I will never do again, but I got too drunk the night before and so I sound a little slurry in this episode. So no voice in the intro, slurry in the episode, but you know what? If you're looking for a more serious episode, there are other ones you can go back to. This one's kind of more fun, brunch, convo, catch-up vibes. So if you're here for that, please stay and listen. Um, I'm sure a bunch of you are. We talk things relating to Housewives, John Mulaney. Emma just knows all this stuff like at a high level. It's like as if she could write a dissertation on it. It's quite quite impressive. So um, it's a great episode. I apologize for the delay coming out. We had some editing issues. Um, you might notice my audio is a bit less clear than usual. It's because we just started using a new uh, recording system called Zencaster, which is great, but we're just getting over the glitches. So next week we should be back up to speed. All right, and before getting into the episode quickly, I'm going to read you guys some of the poll results that I did uh, pertaining to today's episode. So here we go. I haven't checked it a bit because I've been trying to work through all the glitches. So I did a poll mostly on all things John Mulaney, which we got into, and then uh, the Erica Jane scandal. So here are the results. First question, before the love triangle drama with John, his ex-wife Anna Marie, and current baby mama Olivia Munn, were you a John Mulaney stan? 71% of you said totally was. Second question, what about now they left his beautiful, the way I ask these questions is super leading, so I apologize. What about now they left his beautiful, talented ex-wife? Are you still a stan of his or no? Um, 60% of you said no which thank you, my leading question worked, but there was still a strong 40% minority uh, who said they still liked his comedy, which I mean, I guess I do, but like, I just don't have as much respect for him because like he's a sellout now, but teach his own. (laughs) Okay, next question. Does his image pivot from family guy to fuck boy make John Mulaney less of the comeback kid? That's the name of one of his comedy specials and more Ben Affleck vibes. 79% of you, even ones who still stand his comedy, said, yes, it gives him Ben Affleck vibes. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just dying at this because like you'll hear later in the interview, but Emma and I get into the whole comparison point there. And this was a, a something that Emma brought up in the episode, which made me die of laughter. So I had to ask it. Are all men one to two steps away from becoming a Ben Affleck vibe? <laughs> 74% of you said yes, definitely. The 26% of no, I don't think so's were mostly men. But um, I appreciate you guys like standing up for yourselves, uh, trying to make humanity and manhood better. Go team. Okay, next question. Do you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? 57% of you said yes this season. Mind emoji being blown. Mind emoji, whatever, you get it. Um, do you know or understand the legal drama pertaining to Erica and her ex, Tom Girardi? 67% of you said yes, it's wild. 33 said no, BRB Googling. Everyone basically thought Erica knew. 83% of you think yes, she's guilty, um, which we got into it. Uh, I think I tend to agree. I'm not sure the extent to which she knew or turned a blind eye, which a few of you DM'd me about being like, yeah, I think she knew, but I don't know about the extent. But she's pretty shady this season as a former Erica fan. I'm not not a fan now. I'm just like, are you a bad person? You know, it's confusing. And then for the last question of the poll, I said, do you think that she, Erica, feels badly for the victims? 77% of you said fake tears. Again, a bit of a leading question because the picture I chose was the ice queen can take it. But she posted about herself, so I feel like it all evens out there. Um, And then finally, I said, tell me how you really feel. A lot of you DM'd me kind of in response as it went, so thank you for that. And I want to save some time. But I want to shout out my friend Shelby, who just replied and her response because it was less in line with like kind of everything I was saying and whatever. It was a bit more of a hot take, but I I'm there for it. I'm here for it. She said, it's clear Anna Marie and John weren't a good match and I'm mad at him for doing it, but she's so much better off. Um, They weren't a good pair if his next choice is Olivia Munn, which like true i mean it is like what a good way to reframe it like good for anna marie like good riddance john anna marie you go shine um and i actually recently after you know being inspired by emma saying that she went to anna marie's show um in los angeles she's an artist she had an art show i'm actually going in the upcoming week or two um to her one in new york city so if you're in New York City, hit me up, buy tickets, whatever. But um, go support our girl because she needs it right now. Anyways, um, I will stop going on about it solo and let you guys hear it from the expert herself, Emma Tyler. Um, so without any further ado, here is today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Emma Tyler. Emma is from Joliet, Illinois, proudly, even though she calls it a notoriously shitty suburb of Chicago, and went on to study journalism at Medill, which is a school of journalism at Northwestern, which happens to be where we met. She's a pop culture aficionado and has worked everywhere from Tiger Beat to People Magazine to her current position as Deputy Director of Social Media at BuzzFeed. Welcome, Emma. We're cutting 
half of that, but um, I just want everyone to know that for the 1,000th time, I struggled to read. Um, literally, I feel like every episode, I'm like, hi, how do I say names? How Words? I'm like, you am did I a great. podcaster? Can I read? You did great. Did I, I though? It. You did. You did, did great. I, you know, there was a few stumbles, but Guys, you know what? she's being nice. <laughs> Rome wasn't built there in a were, day. There were more than a few stumbles. Um, I'm really doing Northwestern proud. Also, I want everyone to know, I've mentioned uh, the questionnaire in the past. You and Sundell, <laughs> these are all Northwestern people for people listening, and Charlie Hall were the only people to like within a day to two days fill out the questionnaire. I was so impressed. I was like... This is why we went to Northwestern. That's it's because we're all little things. type A nerds at heart. And, and, and at heart, like exactly. you, you gave us homework, Caitlin, and I had to do it immediately. Even though I wish I was cooler and I could blow it off, I did it almost immediately. I can't, I can't help myself. No, I love it. It's so great. Like the type A and me too. I'm like, wow, they did it right away. They answered well. Like half of the people, I mean, I have so many comedians on and they're great. Mm-hmm. They'll literally look at it and be like, too long, not doing it. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> I was literally, I was putting so much thought into it too, which is so embarrassing. I was like, I was like, I wonder if this is too long. I, like, I need it. to go more in depth. Like, I don't know if I thought you were going to like grade me on it. <laughs> But if you want to give me an A, like, I will take that A. I mean, You got like, an A plus, honestly. Oh. Guys, she gave me so much to work with. It was great. But you also didn't, like, you did perfect. It wasn't, like, super long-winded. It was it was perfect. Great oh amount. Thank a you. A plus, for sure. Because I still need external validation. Yeah, I mean, we all do. It is part of being a woman, which is fucked up. But we'll get into that. Another <laughs> podcast. Okay, so, guys, Emma and I were in the same sorority. Yes, try Delta, which the name is not aging well with the variant. Yeah, it's no, tough. not a good time to be a Delta. Not a good time to have. Not a great time to be a Delta. You can't be Delta and proud. You need to just be Delta and quiet about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we were in try Delta. I my first question to you, Emma. Yes, is because Emma was the head of recruitment. Yes, I was. She fucking killed, by the way. You did. You (laughs) slayed it. Um, She's very good at it. Scary at times, but all warranted. Um, But how do you feel, like, especially with, like, Bama Rush and shit? Like, does it feel as weird now as it does for me for you to, like, look back and be like, I was in a cult? (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah I mean completely well I fell deep deep into Bama Rush TikTok like there was girls that I was like I really hope <laughs> Mackenzie gets into G-Fi like I was stressed like I was I was really really into it like I was I was also really pressed because I was like the fashions they were wearing I was like are skorts back like do I have to go purchase skorts like the things they were wearing were blowing my goddamn mind oh my mind. god yeah didn't you tweet that or something that was so I think funny. I put it on TikTok but yeah I was really in deep with the fashions i was like wow 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 what's happening down there but then also it's like they're like the like someone was asking about it too like the rules mm-hmm. and regulations and the process like it is also ancient and like because i was kind of trying to explain to someone i was like northwestern very cool liberal like we probably had the most Chill. relaxed version yeah. of sororities in existence like it i had to like beg girls to put totally. shoes on before rush i was like can you please go put on a, a shoe <laughs> well tried out was also like we were all like running around like chickens with our heads cut off everyone was fucking weird and it, it was, was it was a 
a mixed bag. But like in the best way, like I loved my experience because it was a mixed bag. It wasn't a traditional like cookie cutter sorority thing. I got to meet so many different kinds of people. But the problem with that is like, even though it's at Northwestern, I was explaining like the rules for all this shit and like the traditions Mm -hmm. is all set by like a national committee that, you know, came up with this shit in like 1886 and it's based in Tennessee. So then I'm trying to convince Northwestern hippies to put on a pin and a white dress and go to this cult meeting downstairs. <laughs> like, this is... And we would all, every, like, pretty much everyone would get mad every time. It would literally be like, guys, you still don't know the words to this? We've been doing it for four years. And we we're like, nope. You know, I'm proud of how bad I was at being in a sorority. I feel like it aged well. And yeah. also, met to... Not met. I mean, I knew them all right, but became close with two of my like Northwestern best friends through having the least amount of housing points in our year. That's why Mira, Caroline, Fearon and I lived together because we had the least number of housing points. But a then real- we got like a really cool triple. So Oh my God, a real race this, to the bottom. This fucking dog. I, I, this okay. dog looks like a, an old man. He looks like a comical old man. I love him. <laughs> so for people listening, if you haven't lost us by now, we're just catching up. Dying. We're just chatting. We're just catching up. Uh, but I'm dog sitting, and this dog will not leave me alone. He's so cute. He's, he's like dropping a toy in Caitlin's lap, throwing it at her head as she's trying to record. Bro, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> no, don't look at me like that. He's so expressive. I can't deal with it. He's like a cat. Anyways, so Bama Rush. I kind of missed the whole thing, to be honest, which is kind of crazy. I was so into it. And it was one of those things where all you had to do was really like like two videos of it. And then that was your entire free page. And then it all came in. And then it all came in. People doing, I love the people doing parodies of it. Like women in their 30s. (laughs) You could do a great parody of it. Oh my God, thank you. I, I was saying that it really opened my eyes to a lot of fast fashion brands I didn't even know existed. I thought it was like Shein and that was it. But like, they were like, hello, Shane. Polly, Princess Polly, hello, Molly, like the pants. Like there was so many fast fashion brands that I didn't even know were existed. Oh, and, and totally. Bama Rush TikTok opened my eyes to quite literally all of them. I, I was shocked that they're that is such a thriving industry. Okay. I have an embarrassing confession, what? Emma. Yes. I have a score. But... It's not a going out squirt. It's Interesting. Like, it's kind of like a. It's a leisure squirt. It's, it's like one of. It's. It's a lore. Um. <laughs> no, it's. I can't. No, it's like it's kind of one of those like tennis squirt things. It's okay. Halo yoga. Okay. Okay. It's, okay. I would not wear it to rush. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd wear it to like look. Go cute. on the elliptical. Play some tennis, maybe with like a hot instructor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get. I get it. I get. Yeah, it. like. Pretend I'm good at it, even though my parents threw their money away on lessons, like burned it, cash burned. I took tennis lessons as a kid too, but I, I'm like very sensitive to heat and I always have been. And I just got like too overheated and I like passed out on the court a few times and they were like, this girl's got to go home. She's not cut out for this. Oh my God. That's kind of scary. Wait, how are you faring in Los Angeles? I, of course, I did really well with the intro and forgot to mention that Emma is now living in LA we kind of switched places we overlapped for a little bit yeah there was like a six month period of overlap yeah but some of it was during the pandemic yes which means we didn't really see each other but yeah I was I from Chicagoland area originally and yeah and then I went to Northwestern which is also you know right outside of Chicago and then I moved to New York and I was there for 
like four and a half years, four years. And then I moved to LA. Do you ever miss it? Like I miss some of the people and some, some parts of it. I was just back visiting um, for like the first time since I moved because I moved when the pandemic hit. So I haven't been able to, to go back and visit except for the summer I did. And I was like, okay, I do miss parts of it. Um, but I really love LA. I did. I, I love it. I think, I don't know what it is. I think I'm just like, I like that LA is like kind of a giant suburb. Oh, totally. Which is funny. Cause that's like what I don't like about, although I will say I went alone to my uh, parents' house upstate this weekend. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made. On the other hand, me speaking like this is because I went out on a Sunday, which was one of the worst decisions I've ever made. So it really bounced out. But, um, but driving back, and have you ever driven on the sawmill? It's no. really scary. Oh, I've never done that. Oh my God. So the sawmill is like, for people listening who don't live in New York, it's like notoriously the scariest road ever. It's like a very small highway. Like there are two lanes and they're oh very God. tight. And people whip it. Like I think the speed limit is like, 50 I want to say and people will just go 100 oh my god scary because it's not like wide lanes like in LA but anyways even though I like thought I was gonna die at times I was like so happy to be in a car again like I do miss driving but I also don't miss like being scared that my car is gonna get hit (laughs) oh I am I'm a terrible driver I'll say that openly and honestly if you see me on the streets of LA I apologize I am awful and the fact that I have not gotten in more accidents is like I am, thank you, God. Like, I truly don't understand how I haven't gotten in more accidents. I'm atrocious. And it's not because yeah. I'm like, I want to say this. I'm not because I'm distracted. I'm not texting and driving. I'm just an anxious person. So I actually just like second guess myself. Mm. Like, I am just an anxious driver. So I'm going like under the yeah. speed limit. I'm I'm signaling too early. Like, I'm, I'm going, like, I am, I, I'm the worst. <laughs> I You're like throwing people. That's so funny. I've also been there for two years and I still can't fucking parallel park to save my life. I, I think I'm just going to die. I'm going to go in the grave, not being able to act like parallel park correctly. It's just, I I don't have that skill. This is a very obnoxious response of me, but I feel like you um, have a lot of talents. I don't. So I feel okay saying this. Yes. I'm actually a really good driver. And I, oh, wow. I think that would surprise a lot of people. Like, I don't think I really like come off as a good driver, but I... <laughs> Once you see me in a car, I am. But, um, and I can parallel park. Oh my God. What a flex. But have I ever told you my license story? No. What happened with your license? Two things. First of all, um, most people in LA can't parallel park for shit. No. So you're not alone. I know. Like people literally just pull up wherever <laughs> the fuck they can. I mean, the only place you really need to like parallel park in LA is either if you have street parking, which I did, which mm-hmm. is part of why I got so good, or um, if you're in like Melrose area, like on Melrose, and it's like packed. You yeah, know? or like, like Third Street too. No, Third Street for sure, for sure. Um, so my license story. Wow, watch me. Uh, for legal purposes, this is made up. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is fiction. This is fan fiction. Um, but so when I moved to LA. I'd famously uh, failed my driver's test twice because I did not start out a good driver. I started out an awfully anxious driver. I don't know how I got rid of it, the anxiety, but I was so bad in the beginning. 
I also like I'm from New York City. Like they didn't teach us how to drive. Yeah, I was you gonna know? say so you're, was like, you're a New York City kid. I, I, so many of my New York City yeah. friends, they're like, I'm I can't drive. <laughs> it's not a skill I have. Yeah, they're like, I will never get a license. So many of them don't. I mean, teach his own, but I would not want to go through my whole life without a license. But um, so basically, I like tried to squeeze in all these lessons right before. I moved and tried to like pass the test, didn't pass, went upstate New York to do it, didn't pass. I was like, this is sad. Um, my dad was so scared of me driving with him that he would get high before and I <laughs> discovered it and we got in a fight because I told him that was dangerous and he told me to go in my room. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of factors to the story. But basically, so I get out there, I take a few more lessons. I'm a little better out there. To be fair, driving in Manhattan is like, fucking terrible. Oh, I like, it's really scary. I, I've done it like twice and yeah. I still have like night terrors about it. Like, nightmares. It, like, Oh God. Yeah. So I think that, um, added to the anxiety. So I was actually like, once I got to LA, I still wasn't a great driver at this point, but like, I felt more confident about it. I was like, the roads are bigger. It's like suburby in a lot of mm. areas, whatever. It's not like taxi drivers going to mow you down. So I go to get my license and I have to take the permit test because I'm in California, mm -hmm. right? Pass. Great. They put a hole in my New York ID, which like hurt my soul because I also had a really hot picture somehow. I don't know. That's Based so heartbreaking. When you have a good picture, you want to hold on to it forever. Truly. Like, especially for like government shit. I've yet to take a good picture since my passport pictures are some of the most horrific things anyone's ever laid eyes on. Like truly. Um, but basically I go home, whatever, like wait a few weeks, get sent a license. I never passed my driver's test. And again, this is fiction. And again, this is fan fiction. Um, wow. Sometimes, here's the thing. Isn't that amazing? Uh, the incompetence of the DMV, Gross. sometimes, most of the time it's a burden. It's stunning. Sometimes it's a gift, though. Because sometimes they just don't give a rip. Fuck up. They just <laughs> fuck the fuck up. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, no, it was amazing. It was like the first and the last time I loved the DMV. Um... And yeah, my friend, uh, her mom works in government. She's like, keep that shit. Yeah. I'm not recommending this to people because I definitely was like not a great driver in the beginning. So I, okay. anyways, that was a tangent and a half. So but you know what the lesson knows. here is just get out on the road, get out on the road. Just try it out. <laughs> yeah, guys, again, don't listen to me. So I want to talk about the fact that, well, you have so much going on. So for people listening, Emma just got promoted to deputy director, which is incredible. I feel like this is like totally up your alley, your dream job. Like you've always been the pop culture person, even in college when people were like, I don't know if there was some kind of like crazy, like celebrity scandal or something, people would just go to you and be like, what do you think? And you'd be like, oh, oh, what do I think? And like go into a dissertation. And then they're trapped in conversation with me for 20 minutes because I won't shut up, but you know. Well, it's hilarious. And I think this is what makes you so good at your job and why you've gotten so far with it and why your TikTok like randomly blows up every once in a while casually. No one on TikTok gives a fuck about me, which I <laughs> complain about too much on this podcast. They but, don't give um, a fuck about me either. Somebody, for a few times my TikToks have blown up. Number one, they said my cat looked like a raccoon, which was hurtful. 
because she doesn't. Why are people on TikTok savage? And then number two, they said that they said that they someone called me out for having like bad outgrowth in my roots. And I was like, I know I do. It's a pandemic. Hurtful. <laughs> like, Wait, first of all, your cat's really cute. Second you. of all, like rude. I feel like, like TikTok's like so fun until you read the comments and then you're like, help, I'm scared. One guy called me out for having mental health problems. I was like, yeah, I do, sir. And what about it? And what about it? <laughs> what about it? Teens on there are fucking ruthless. I'm, they're... Yeah, I mean, they're scary as fuck. I can't imagine. We went through some shit growing up. I mean, we had, oh my God, you know what we should talk about? What? Let's talk about the fact that in college we had, what was it called? Yik Yak. Yik Yak. I, here's the thing, guys. I love social media. It's my job. I now work in social media. And every time there is a new app, I am the first one to download it and like get onto it. And like, I, there's a few things that I miss more than anything. Cause I love like, okay. I was on Tumblr in like 2011 when like teens were selling like human bones. Like I, I love when a platform is lawless. Like I love when that would sell shit on Tumblr. Oh, there was a girl who was allegedly like digging up graves and selling human bones. She was like a witch. So that's real. I, I don't know wild. if that was debunked or if anyone ever bought those bones, but that was like a big Tumblr moment in like 2010. But like my point is, oh my God. I like social media platforms when they're still at that stage where it's like anything goes like it's lawless yik yak was a great example of that people were fucking brutal they they would literally be like so and so is ugly and i was like wow i mean that's that's they're putting it out there like i because it was anonymous right it was just you could anonymously say whatever you wanted and people would upvote it or downvote it and it was only like your college campus and like the thing about northwestern is like it's pretty small like we were like a what like eight thousand kids or something so yeah so and also the people on yik yak it's like it's the same way with going out northwestern where it's like already a small-ish school and then on top of that like the people who go out is an even smaller group and those are the people I assume were mostly on Yik Yak or like posting shit about people Mm -hmm. you know and for people listening especially if there are any like Gen Z listeners who are like what the fuck are they going on about um Yik Yak was basically the scariest place on earth but it was like also hilarious um it was an app where you could just write whatever you wanted anonymously within you had to be within the school network so it was like for your college and then people could up or down vote it so it would be like this person's ugly and have like 10 upvotes it was scary it was brutal like I I I I was really terrified that I was gonna appear on yik yak but luckily I flew under the radar that's what I was gonna say I would panic check in in college like I would literally like panic like what are they gonna say about me where I think I was only mentioned once or twice and was it it was like pretty nice and like I was coupled in with other people, so it was fine. But I would have, like, I, you know, the way we, like, check Instagram now? I would check Yik Yak. There was two things at, like, my senior year of college that I think were, like, we were living in the golden era or, like, the dark era, like, the dark ages of social media. And, like, (laughs) my senior year, two things existed that, like, don't fly anymore. Number one was Yik Yak. And you would panic check it every morning when you'd wake up hungover and be like, oh, dear God, what do I do? Panic check it. And then number two was that that was when you there was still Snapchat best friends. And you could look and just see who was fucking who, which was absolutely incredible. I think about Snapchat best friends every day and I want it back. And if you're listening to this Snapchat, bring it back. Dude, I forgot about that. You could just look at a guy and see who he was Snapchatting besides you. It was absolutely gave me brain words. A wild, wild time. 
Wait, I love this. This is such a good like throwback. I feel like I was just like, when you said Snapchat best friends, it took me a second and then it was like, uh, that's a raven moment and i was like time warped back i was like whoa because not only was it it's, it's such a throwback but also like people broke up over snapchat best friends because like someone would have a girlfriend and then you would look at their best friend be cheating. and there would be a random bitch on there and you would screenshot it and be like um hello and then they would break up snapchat best friends ended relationships <laughs> no you know what it is it was like the predecessor to Venmo being how you found out. Oh my God. I always say I absolutely, my favorite sport is watching um, <laughs> long, my favorite sport is watching long-term couples that are dating for like years and years, nickel and dime each other back and forth on Venmo, especially couples that oh I hate. Oh my like, God, that's Why are hilarious. you guys charging each other for coffee? Like what? Yeah, like there's something, this relationship is not steady as it's pretending to be if you really can't get the coffee this morning like so many people are still not private on venmo and i thank them for it every day i love watching people venmo each other back and forth it's like it is a thrilling game of tennis for me watching people just bing bong back and forth charging each other for stupid shit i love it i really should not talk about this for like the 80th time but i think it's so funny because it's like the most savage thing i've ever done in my life again my ex and i are good terms now but I've told this story before so sorry ex um and you know who I'm talking about but when uh I was also famously cheated on (laughs) I have a private Venmo and I publicly Venmoed him the next day I had blocked him on everything else (laughs) because I went to get an STD panel and it was out of network I didn't realize I publicly Venmoed him STD check Caitlin, honestly, I respect it. I respect it. You should have charged him more. I know. I was like, I should have charged interest. I might. You should have charged him for gas. You should have charged him for pain and suffering. You should have. You should have just invoiced him and sent him a long. I I feel like I should have invoiced him for a few years, just like you know, therapy. (laughs) Just yeah, continually. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like you know, the ones you get from your doctor. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like, yeah, yeah, those ones. Like Xanax. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, it's too good. I digress. Okay, but let's talk about your job. So, first of all, the fact that, speaking of throwbacks, I feel like this whole episode has been like a beautiful throwback. The fact that you worked at Tiger Beat is like truly iconic. That was like, yeah, it was one of my first internships. Oh my God. So, what year? So that was like 2013, I think. I think it was like the summer mm-hmm. of 2013. Um, for people, if you don't know what Tiger Beat is, it is like a teen magazine, like for teen pop stars. So I worked there one. when I was in college. And like what we did was like like the people that we interviewed and stuff, it was like Disney stars. So I went like on the set with like Aus- like uh, the kid from like Austin and Alley. Um Ross Lynch, oh like in his God, family band. It. Like, so we would go to like, you would do like Disney and Nickelodeon set visits and like all that fun stuff. But it was, wow. it was actually so cool because the people that they used to cover were like at that point even like super famous. So like you could go in the archives and you could read the interviews they get done with like the Jonas Brothers, Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, like all of that stuff. Um, it was a really, oh it was actually God. a really fun internship. I loved working there. It was, I, the people there were great. It was really small. It was in like Glendale, California. I loved it. No, the Valley is so funny because like, obviously it has this rap of being like Valley girl, whatever. It's not technically like LA proper, 
But I swear to God, that's where all the celebrities live, like on the DL, because all the sets are in like North Hollywood, which is basically, you know, the valley. And like Burbank and shit, like all like like WB Burbank, and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the valley. As I said, I love LA because it's a giant suburb. I I love like Chinese chicken salads <laughs> and chain restaurants and the Kardashians. Yes, I, I, I love local cuisine. And by that, I mean California Pizza Kitchen. And so I love the Valley. <laughs> I love going to the Valley. It's great. And you're right. So many celebrities, like, if you watch, like, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, those motherfuckers live in, like, Encino. They all and, like, they I, live I, in fucking Beverly Hills. Nobody yeah. lives in Beverly it's Hills crazy. besides actually Kathy Hilton anymore. Like, they're all in, like, Encino, <laughs> North Hollywood. Like, Erica Jane's in, like, goddamn Pasadena. Like, they're all, like, three hours away from each other and in the Valley. Have you seen, like, the TikToks or the tweets being, like, the most alarming part of the Erica Jane story is the fact that I found out she lives in Pasadena? (laughs) And has that, like, estate in Pasadena. Like, people being, like... Tom's car rolled in Pasadena. In on a switchback road, on a switchback road. When they did yeah. the thing, and she was talking about her her son going to visit Tom and she, and then he rolled his car five times and in, in the snow. And and Kyle Richards was like, "It snowed in Pasadena. What? Like what the fuck?" Her story has so many holes. It's wild. It's it's. I will lot. say right now, PSA. Yeah. I am a I'm a reality. Sh- TV connoisseur. I I watch it all. I I I I appreciate good quality. Mm-hmm. Right now, you guys, if you like reality TV, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is probably the best it's been since like the first or second season. It's absolutely fantastic 100%. right now. Best season they've had in like years and years. Like, can you imagine? Bravo is probably like patting themselves on the fucking back right now. They're oh. probably so happy. Like the fact that they happened, I mean. I don't know if you guys, okay, even if you, the listeners are not interested necessarily in like Bravo or Real Housewives or whatever, watch, what is the, um, the documentary? The Housewife and the Hustler. It breaks it down and it is wild how deep this shit goes and how far back it goes. It's actually so fucked up. It's so it's fucked, so up. fucked like, up what they did. And I, so I like. Up. The like they really did steal money from or as Dorit would say orphans and widows. Um, like they it is her fake accent (laughs) and her fake fucking accent. Like they stole money from really, really like beautiful people. Oh, like it is insane. And here's the thing: if you don't, even if you don't love Bravo Real Housewives, Caitlin, you're right. Like even if you don't love that, you gotta love a scam. Like think about the fire festival. Like and they were running a massive fucking scam so that's why that documentary is interesting that's why this season is interesting and sad because i actually really liked erica but like i did a few episodes behind to be fair but like yeah it's it's tough to come back from that and um garcelle can annoy me sometimes i'm like a half stan a half like uh shut up um (laughs) which i feel like some listeners will be like mad about but it's just how i feel but she had a really good point where she, like, at one point in the season called Erica out and was like, you just don't even, like, like all this shit aside, why have you not acknowledged how fucked up it is? She's like, all you're doing is trying to cover your tracks. She's like, why have you not been like, what he did is so horrible. I feel so bad for the victims. And she they had to, like, 
milk that out of her, which was I Literally. So Garcelle can be, sometimes I think she's like, she's a little too like going at people, but like I do appreciate Garcelle because she's always asking the questions that I'm like, why is no one asking this? Why is no one saying this? And like Garcelle will go there. Like when she's like to Sutton Strack, like how are you rich? Where is your money from? Like, I'm like, thank you. I really needed to know the answer to that. Like I I did need to know that. because Sutton like, where is her money? Literally. Where Um, is her money from? Still don't know. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, Sorry, that was also a tangent. No, now we're, this is now a Real Housewives episode. No, I love it. I'm down for it. Um, But the other thing that I was confused about with Garcelle was, so she and Sutton are really close, obviously. And I get it. It's like the new girls sticking together mm. kind of thing. Yeah. But when Sutton was straight up racist to, what's her face? The other new girl? Crystal. When Crystal she was Minkoff? straight yeah. up racist to crystal and then like tried to be like i don't see color and all that i don't know if like garcelle missed it or what but she really didn't give a fuck and i was like this does not add up like how are you gonna get so mad at kyle for like kind of leaving you out but not call out your like quote unquote best friend for being straight up dismissive and racist that is like it such was a good point. It was such a good point, but like I, there was something weird with that where like Garcelle wasn't there for that. And then like the rules of housewives are like, even if someone misses it, we have to bring it up 50 times so everybody knows what happened. And they never brought that up again. Yeah, but maybe Garcelle didn't know the extent of it. I it, hope they That's what I'm saying. Because it turned into yeah. the, the the violating thing. And that was what Garcelle was weighed in on. And I was like, why aren't we telling Garcelle the <sighs> fucked up shit, other fucked up shit she said? Like that was never yeah, addressed. Like, I was like, yeah, the vibe, like her walking in naked was weird, but like also saying like, I don't yeah. see color was worse. Why aren't we talking about that? I know. I'm like, why are we so focused on like her being creepy? Like I actually thought like Crystal was annoying about that. Like, shut up. She wasn't being creepy. You're a woman. She's a woman. Like even with sexuality stuff, like don't try to like, she tried to make it weird. Sutton yeah. is just awkward. She's an awkward person. So yeah, it probably was incredibly awkward. Which they literally tried to explain to her. They're like, it's so funny because it's like the whole beginning of the season. And then thank God the Erica stuff happens because it's such a boring argument. Honestly, oh, God. the first few episodes. Like I can't with the Sutton stuff. But they like literally just try to explain to Crystal. They're like, Sutton is weird. They're like, yeah, it's she's not just a weirdo. her being she's a weirdo. weird to you. She's just straight up a weirdo. Weird um anyways back into the erica stuff basically bravo landed on a gold mine because when all of this came out they were still filming so yes. she had no time to prepare a story she had no time to like like even when the Teresa stuff happened with new jersey like it wasn't in real time like this is the first time i think it's been in like real time yeah, so they're, like, on the show looking at their phones, reacting to the news stories, like, as they're dropping. And therefore, like, Erica's story is also changing by the episode. So it is crazy to watch. And yeah, literally it's a fucking so, so wild. wild ride. It's so wild. And if you haven't seen, like, 20 TikToks by now about it, then we're on different pages. Yeah, your new page is different <laughs> like, than mine because mine's different. filled with it. Filled with it. One more thing before we get into, like, core life qualms and then, like, the game at the end. I do want to discuss, because I know that you have strong feelings about it, 
the John Mulaney stuff. I am really, I didn't know that it, I didn't, if you would have told me a few years ago that like my brand would be John Mulaney correspondent, I, I, I wouldn't have believed you, but I'm happy that this is where I've landed in my late twenties as being the foremost expert on all things John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Um, I, I, I am the leader in my field. And so a few things. <laughs> Just for some background, number one, I I love John Mulaney. I still do. Like, I mean, I was a huge, huge fan, um, like, before. I've been a fan of his for a really long time. He's from um, Chicago. He's a Chicago Irish Catholic, which I am too. So I've always really connected mm-hmm. with his stand-up because I think we had very similar upbringings. Um, he yes. – uh, I loved his stuff on SNL. I love his stand-up. Um, I think he's great um, and very, very talented. So I know a lot about him just through being a fan. Um, and for those that don't know, John Mulaney, he previously had an issue with drugs and alcohol, cocaine and alcohol, and which in is the kind pandemic of crazy. Like I wild. don't know, like I know he kind of mentions it in his stand-up, but like I feel like his brand for most of his stand-up was so like squeaky clean, like the guy who would wear like the suits and was like the nice guy and had a longtime wife. Like he would reference like being a former alcoholic in his stand-up, but like I feel like it didn't totally register to me because the rest of his act was so you know like I remember back in the day, <laughs> so it didn't like when I like re-remembered and when he went back to rehab, I was like that is so whoa I don't know. And Anyways, also the way continue. that it's framed in his stand-up is always just that it's like so far in the past. Like it kind of sounded like it was like him in college and like high school. Like, I think, and I mean like that's and it's it is not. a very. And it's a very real thing. I mean, like, coming from, you know, Chicago, Irish Catholic, like, kids start drinking really early. Everyone's, everyone's family is, you know, fucked up all the time at family parties. Like, I mean, it's just, it's part of, so I think he did start drinking early. I think he was drinking in high school, but he made it sound like it was very far in the past. So I think it was really jarring, like, when. That's what it is. When he was like, when it was broke that he relapsed in the pandemic. And like, there was a few weird things where I was kind of like, something is weird. He took a job at Seth Meyers on like the uh, Seth Meyers late night show. And I was like, he doesn't yeah. have to do that. Like, he's like very successful now with his own stand up. I thought it was interesting that he like yeah. took a writing job for Seth Meyers. And mm. it came out later after the fact that that was like him basically like needing structure. Like, he was kind of, you know, not doing so well in the pandemic, took the job and it still yeah. didn't help. He, so he relapsed, went to rehab. I, I'm pretty sure, I think he went to re- rehab twice, actually. There was two different bouts of it. Yeah, he did. And then um, basically the TLDR, I won't get into all the details of all the rehab timeline or whatever, but announced he was separating and divorcing his um, longtime wife, Anna Marie Tendler, um, who's an artist. And she- uh, Do we know who got the dog? She does. She has a dog, Petunia, their French bulldog, Anna Marie. As as far as I'm concerned, I think Anna Marie has it. I've seen Petunia in her Instagrams. Uh, I follow Anna Marie on Instagram. I also went to her art show the other weekend in LA and I bought a print. Wait, it looked amazing. It was great. She was so sweet. She did you nice. meet her? Yes, I did. I bought a print from her. She was super <sighs> sweet. Um, I, I feel so bad. She's going through it. She's going through it. And those. her whole series of art, like the rooms in the first house is I think a, like photographs of her like going through this process of, you know, this divorce. They're very emotional, very beautiful. Bought a print of one. 
But so he announced he was divorcing um, his longtime wife. Everyone was like, whoa, that's kind of a wild decision to make fresh out of rehab. Again, doesn't really fit with his squeaky clean image. At all. And then we start seeing rumblings on Du. I saw it first on Dumoy. And I love Dumoy. And I'm really like, I, I, I don't have a lot of skills. I can't parallel park, but I'm great at guessing the people that they're talking about in Dumoy. I'm going to send them to you. Be like, who is this? I, it's like my crossword puzzle. Um, I'm good at guessing. <laughs> there was rumors saying... They saw them together in L.A. She was seen leaving his house. There was rumors about Olivia Munn and John Mulaney being together. Then it comes out they are together. They're dating. There is one of the most staged paparazzi photos I've ever seen in my life of them, like, <laughs> eating onion rings in L.A. It looked like a – it literally looked like an I'm ad sad. for an onion ring. I was like, try a little better to make this not look so staged. This so, is stupid, yeah. He's fresh like, out of rehab. Yeah. Well, also, two things that are important details, in my opinion, are that, first of all, Anna Marie was very caught off guard, and her statement basically alluded to that. Like, I think she was just as caught off guard as we were, which is really sad. And she literally was like, I am so deeply saddened by, like, John's decision. Mm -hmm. Actually, three things. Second thing is, it came out to that, like, which I feel so bad for someone who struggled with this in the past and is open about it now, but like a long time ago for me, but that she, I don't know if she'd gone to rehab for it. She did actually, because she had like a really bad eating disorder. And I think this fueled it so much more. Like if you look at her pictures, she looks like this like fading ghost and it's like aesthetically beautiful, but like scary. If you think that like, she's like, like literally wasting away, um, especially when the divorce first started happening. And then the third thing, which I think you're like alluding to a little bit, is like, was he cheating on her at rehab? I feel like yes. So that's right? what like the baby timeline. That's what that is why yeah. I think that is my big take. If you want my big take on it, they do the stage pop show, and then we see photos of her coming into LAX, Olivia Munn, and is like visibly. I don't want to speculate on how pregnant someone is, but she has to be around five to six months pregnant in those photos and like is visibly very pregnant. Everyone's like, dude, the timeline does not add up with one. And I know that not marriages can be over yeah. for a long time and you can be separated. I get that. Everyone yelled at me in my TikTok comments about that. I get that. My point is, I get that, that they could have, that marriage could have been over for a long time before they actually separated or announced it. I understand that. But regardless, the general public is never going to understand that. So no matter which way you crumble the cookie, it looks bad. It looks bad to have just announced your divorce and then have it the, looks bad. the girlfriend that you're dating be like six months pregnant. It looks bad no matter any way you shake it. And then he came totally. on Seth Meyers and did this cringy interview where he was like so he was trying so hard to like establish a timeline. It was like he was being questioned by Benson and Stabler on SVU. And I was like, dude, we you doth protest too much. Like he was like, yes. And too then in, much, yeah. I was like, and then in April, I met this lovely woman named Olivia. And it's like, first of all, we know you know each other. You met at Seth Meyers' wedding. We like, I, Yeah, you've been friends for years. Like don't act like so shady. Also, when you want to so explain shady. yourself that much, like, oof, bad, bad. It's bad. That number one rule of lying. The second people start getting into too into the details and the timeline of things, they're lying. They're, they're lying, like, yeah. they're like, my car broke down and that I couldn't be there because my mom Erica was Jane. sick and blah, blah, blah. back to like, Erica Jane. And then and Tom's car, car rolled three, three times. times, and then my son was there, and then they got, I don't know, whatever the fuck. But both of them are horrible liars. Is basically the TLDR for that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I just feel, I'm. I gotta be honest. 
Um, I appreciate that you're still Stan. I appreciate that you guys have like similar histories. I respect that. I have lost a lot of respect for him, like through this. And maybe that's just Oh, me too. I trust me. It's I'm just like, it's so lame too. Like, I feel like a lot of his charm was being like the long time married husband with like the beautiful but he was a wife guy. That's an internet that's an internet term, wife guy. He's a wife guy. Now he's like, oh, you're a famous dude who's been to rehab a ton of times and you're dating like a famous chick who you knocked up who's like technically hot. Olivia Munn. Yeah, like it's just like annoying. I'm like, when did you become like Ben Affleck? Like you just did a whole (laughs) rebrand. Like we didn't sign up for I feel like every man, as much as we don't want to believe it, Caitlin, every man's like 20 minutes from fully Afflecking. They're all, they're all about, they're they're all just like on the edge of becoming Ben Affleck. Everyone's just about there. Uh, I wish they weren't. They're all on the edge. But I just, my thing with him is like, you wanted him to be different. I wanted him to be different. He also And I think as a quirky loser, like Anna Marie was like a different artsy girl and like you want him to be with her and be the wife guy with her and then to have him go for olivia munn who's like it's so basic it's a basic move 25 she's a 2015 parody of like cool girl she's like i eat burgers and play video games and i'm just like super hot and it's like yeah she's literally uh, like the cool girl speech and um what's it called you got this. Gone girl. Gone girl. Um, I was like, I know you Gone got girl. this. Um, no, she's so annoying. I mean, the fact that their stage photo shoot together was eating onion rings, I think speaks volumes. <laughs> True words have never been spoken. She's like, no, I swear I eat. Um, I, it's fried. Anyways. Okay. Let's get into quarter life qualms. But I loved every second of that. All right. Yes. First question. I'm not going to explain it because, guys, I explain it too much. It's about being in your 20s. Again, TLDR. How many times can we say that? Okay, first question. We're going to start a little lighter. What do you continue to find difficult about adulting to this day? Oh, to this day. I hate, I am kind of an anxious person and I hate um, talking on the phone. I always have, even since I was like a kid. So I fucking hate calling doctor's offices and like oh with things God. that you have to physically call. I know that's a really basic answer, but like I actually like give myself like diarrhea when I have to like call a new doctor and like make an appointment. Like I, it, it, it like activates my IBS. Like I, I truly oh don't know why. I just wish everything was online. Why can't I book doctor's appointments online? I like, I, I like, I hate having to call offices. It gives me so much anxiety. I hate calling strangers. I, I, I don't know why it's, it's, I, I have such a hard time. I have to like hype myself up. Like I have like, I have to do like a run all morning and I can call this receptionist. Like I can do it. Like, I don't know why. I'm dying too, because I worked at a doctor's office and I was the girl you were calling for a while. I mean, not you explicitly, the general you. Um, But (laughs) yeah, so that was my job for a while and I hated it on the other end. I don't think anyone's happy about it. I think we'd (laughs) all be happier if it were online. I wouldn't have had a job that I made money from, but we'd all be happier. So I- We'd all be happier. That's a great, great answer. I feel like- what is, I'm like, what's my answer? Nobody asked. Um, let's continue to interview you. Okay. What is one of your favorite parts of being in your twenties? Um, hmm. I, mm, well, I live, I'm in my late twenties. I'm 28 and I live alone now. And I, 
love, love living alone. Love. I love to be alone. Like I really, some of my friends call me and they're like, oh, I just like, I'm so sad. It's Sunday and I'm alone. I'm like, I fucking love being alone. I love to sit. Way. I like, I, I really do. Like I love having like my nights to myself. I'm like, what am I going to cook? What am I going to watch? What candle am I going to light? Like I am my own best friend. Like I love living alone. And like, I actually like get anxiety thinking about getting into a long-term relationship again, because now that I live alone and have this apartment that I love and like decorated, I am like Whoopi Goldberg, that quote, like, I don't want a man in my house. I don't want a fucking man in my house. Like, I have so friends nerdy. that moved in with their long-term – I have met, like, my friends that moved in with their boyfriends that I love their boyfriends, but they brought, like, coasters in the shape of the state of New Jersey. No, and I was like, no. I can't. I can't do that. I can't. That's disgusting. disgusting. Absolutely not. Also, New I, Jersey, I don't want to merge really? my decor. <laughs> I don't want to merge my decor with someone who thinks that we need, like, you know – a sports flag on the wall. I can't do it. I, and I no. love to be alone. So I think my favorite part about adulting and being in my late twenties is like having an apartment that I actually like love and was mm. able to decorate nicely and being able to spend like nights alone there. <laughs> I could not agree with that more. Like everything you said. And I think it's such a great quality and something like I've grown to appreciate about myself. Like, well, you knew me when I, I never was like such a serial dater in the sense I would like, get out of a relationship and jump into another but like I had three serious boyfriends in college you know and since my last relationship I've been single for like two plus years you know and I feel like I mm -hmm. really got to be like very comfortable like being alone in a way that's like really healthy and helpful and I love it now like we were both saying we both spent time at our parents houses alone my dad literally is like can I come up stay with you I'm like fuck no I will be with my dog <laughs> it's it's mommy doggy time you're not allowed no gross man and that was part of why I didn't want him there I wanted alone time I wanted to like relax and chill but also like men are so dirty like my dad is literally they like, are he's like a 12 year old boy like he expects me to clean up after him I'm like this is not oh. how it works like this is why people are like oh you don't just like live at your parents house to save money in New York City fuck no absolutely not no am i throwing my money out the fucking like i'm burning it into flames because rent here is disgusting it's up like 300 percent. yes is it worth not having to deal with my parents being in my general vicinity and space and commenting on me coming home after midnight oh no not today satan I stayed with my parents a lot in the pandemic mm -hmm. and like, I love them so much. Me and my parents are very close, Yeah, but it was a nice reminder of why I don't still live with my parents. I, like I love them, but like I, the close quarters, I, I can't do it. I, it, it, it would be like one week and I would be like screaming at my mom like I was 16 and slamming a door. I was like, I want to watch what I want to watch. Yeah. Like we you revert, you revert, revert to your 16 year old you self. And they revert, they revert too. They're like, mm -hmm. they're like, have you eaten enough today? Why are you watching that? I worked all day. Let me watch Real Housewives <laughs> and, Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. Anyways, but um, yeah, no, having your own space, oof, gorgeous thing. And before I was in LA, I was in New York with like two roommates, which was so fun for my early 20s. But like, you're never alone. Like I had two roommates, one of whom had a long-term boyfriend. And like, there's always somebody in your goddamn apartment, like, which is great. You have someone to watch The Bachelor with, but like, you don't really sometimes. have a ton of alone time. And and you don't really learn totally. how to be alone. And like now that I do have my own space and I I just really cherish my nice alone space and my alone time. I love that. And you've worked for it. You like can decorate it nice. I love that. Um, I totally agree with that.
What is a pivotal experience, either good or bad, that you went through in your 20s and how has it informed who you are today? I think probably my biggest one, it's just it's a work thing. Um, I I always my whole life, I loved, as you guys probably know from listening to me ramble, I love pop culture, I love celebrities, I love mm-hmm. entertainment journalism. Um, I thought my whole life I was going to work at People Magazine or like Entertainment Weekly and be an entertainment reporter um, and like report on celebrity news, like a hardcore, you know, reporter style. And in college, so I was like 21, 20. And I, so very early 20s, I got my JR, which is a program at Medill where you do a journalism residency. So it's kind of like a more intense internship and you do it while you're actually in college, not over the summer. And I worked really hard because People Magazine was kind of like a hard one to secure. Mm. And I got it and I was like so excited. And I went there and I worked there and like I had a good time, but I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Like that kind of journalism wasn't for me. I didn't love being at a traditional magazine. I didn't, I just kind of felt like this isn't really where the industry is going. It felt like they were a little like, you know, behind on certain things in terms of like, as they're like, you know, the change to like social media, like their Instagram was still like, like an afterthought and like things like their website were like, and I was like, I don't think this is where I want to like work coming out of college. And it was really, really hard to have that realization because you have like a great plan in your mind and having that realization that maybe the thing I wanted for a really long time isn't what is best for me and isn't like the best fit. Um, You know what I mean? And so that was really tough. And then, you know, because I made that pivot, had I said, I want to just work at people, I could have had a job immediately after graduating college. They would have just like I was like interviewing with them they would have just basically given me an entry-level job at people right out of college and I said no and I turned it down which was really scary because all my friends I know you probably have that experience too coming out like so many people like work in banking and stuff so like they were graduating with jobs lined up and I was like didn't have one after I graduated from college in 2015 I moved home for like three four months like I had moved home to the suburbs of Chicago with no job and it was terrifying I was really really scared um, but I, and I had a few offers, but I wanted to wait around for something that felt like, right. And I got, I, I did, and I got the offer at Buzzfeed to go join their social media team as like lowest man on the, on the ladder. I was their Twitter writer. So I was basically just writing jokes for their Twitter, making memes and stuff, but it was like, it felt right. I like, I, I, it felt like it was a new, exciting company to work for. It was growing and like I, social media just was like something that I was really passionate about at the time. And, um, you know, I think that's probably the biggest, you know, pivotal 20s moment just because I'm still at BuzzFeed now and I worked mm. my way up the ladder there. And, you know, I could have been on a totally different path. I could have been at people for years or hated it. Um, and, but just kind of like that change in plan and being a little, you know, scared, but that was, that was huge. But, you know, I'm glad it, I got it worked out the way it did. Yeah, no, it was so worth it though. Um, I mean, I've talked about this like ad nauseum, but that's part of the reason I started this. Like I always envisioned myself like acting my whole life, you know, like grew up doing it, did it in Northwestern, did it upon graduating. And it just got like really exhausting not having control over it. And I've definitely mm-hmm. talked about this with other guests, but like, I think it's, um, it's just something that really resonates with the listeners and with people in general is like the idea that it's really hard to have like a vision for yourself and like kind of shift that a bit. 
Um, Mm -hmm. But I think listening to yourself and realizing that you don't have to be so attached to that, like what I should be is so rewarding in the end. And I think your story really like, um, I don't know, just shows that and proves that and speaks to it because as you said, you could have been at people not feeling a hundred percent and you would have figured it out. You know, we all do like not Mm -hmm. everyone's as in touch with themselves to know that off the bat, but I think that was so brave and so like good of you to like listen to that gut feeling. Cause I'm sure it was terrifying, like turning down this great offer, but like now you've been it a, was. Company... It was a great offer. Like yeah. I no shade. Like I, I, like I know I have friends that work there now still. And it like, mm-hmm. it was a really good offer. And I felt it's, I think it's one of those things where, and in those twenties moments, cause you're 22 and you don't know. And you're like, am I crazy? Am I fucking up my whole life by turning down what seems to be a really good offer. And I think the same thing is like, I think you hear about it more with like romantic relationships, but it's like kind of what you were just saying where it's like, sometimes the idea of something or someone is so much better than the actuality. And you have to, instead of just being like, okay, on paper, this sounds really great. This looks really great to be working here or to be having this secure job. But like, do I actually like it? Am I actually happy? Do I actually like him? Am I actually happy? Like that sort of thing. Like being in touch with that, I think is something that you kind of learn in your twenties, but it's really scary. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I've been in so many relationships where like I'm unhappy, but I feel like I should be. So I love that you also connected to that anyways, but that is a great answer. And I think people can really relate to it. Um, Okay. So I hate to cut this off, But to finish up the episode for today, we are going to play a classic game of 70 questions, which I feel like you'll appreciate this. The inspiration came from Vogue's 73 questions, but we don't have time for all 73. So we have the 70-A-T questions. I love those videos. I love those videos. I know, don't we all? Okay, first question. What is the current tea in your life? Oh God, the current tea in my life? Oh, like what is like gossip, like anything juicy happening? It doesn't have to be juicy. It could just be like something exciting. It can be whatever. Okay. I mean, do you have a crush? Do you have a, I do have a crush. I always have a crush. I think it's always good to have a crush. I think it's always good to have a crush. Crushes are so fun. But I have a problem where I always have crushes and it's because I think that I, Again, I don't want a man in my house. I always have crushes that don't live in the same city as me. Like I crush from afar on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I have you such a- You know why? Why? You know why? It's because I do the same thing sometimes. It's because you don't like actually in reality want to work out. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I don't like, want to actually date yeah. them, but I'm like, oh, he's so cute. Just darn it. He lives in New York. And if only he lived in LA, Rats. like then we'd be dating. But, otherwise, but then just... he would have to be in my house. So I wouldn't be that happy. About it. <laughs> exactly. So I crush from afar I always, um, except for my number one celebrity crush, my future husband, Pete Davidson. Um, we are meant to be together. I, I can't wait for that lines up I will be I will be his second wife he's gonna get married first to someone so he'll get divorced and then he's gonna come a knock 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 and just wait um but yeah I (laughs) wait guys super sidebar um but Teague my first person I had on you but might be noticing some like career path similarities um is Emma's like childhood BFF which yes. is how I met her oh she was my, my first episode of the podcast I know I wild? listened to it I remember being like oh my god Caitlin's oh my podcast god. I was so <laughs> bad at interviewing them <laughs> I, I like was I was fresh out the womb if you will. <laughs> out of the podcasting womb love it 
Anyways. Oh my God. Question number two. Best and worst part of Northwestern. Um, best part, 100% the people that I met. I'm still so, so close with so many people. I mean, you included, totally. we get on like a house on fire. Like my best friends are from Northwestern. I'm going to be in like their weddings that are the girls that are getting married this year. Like mm-hmm. I, the people are unparalleled because I always say this about Northwestern. Like they are, my friends are so fun. They were like party hardy college, like, um, like fun people. And then you would like learn in the daylight. You're like, Oh, and this person's like secretly like a genius that like has their shit together. Like even like the crazy, like guys, like the, the frat guys that you were like, Oh my God, that guy's a mess. Like doing a beer bong. And then the next day he'd be like, yeah, I got a 36 on the ACT. And you're like, (laughs) and then he would like go work at SpaceX and you're like, Oh, so these people are all very smart and together. Yeah, no, because Northwestern, I mean, <laughs> no shade to Ivy's, but like slight shade to Ivy's. Like, I feel like Northwestern isn't really a place where you can like sneak in on like family money. Like, I'm sure there are exceptions to every rule, right? But I feel like mm-hmm. nine out of 10 people there were really qualified to be there and had some like hidden secret genius talent. And you, it was just so like, it was some of the most impressive people I think I'll ever meet. I met there for sure. And yeah. And I think also yeah. like it, it self selects because it is also like a big 10 school as well to people that want to go to football mm-hmm. games and have fun, but they're also super smart. So it, I think it's a really exactly. and, and motivated and driven. So I love the people combination there. I think it self selects to great people. Least favorite thing. Um, oh God. So at Medill, I didn't fit in super well, like at the journalism school, simply mm-hmm. because I was yeah. really interested in like social media and entertainment journalism and pop culture and celebrities. And everyone else was yeah. trying to like work at the New York Times and like solve world hunger and was taking themselves very, mm-hmm. very seriously. And I was like, guys, we're 19 years old. Like, I don't know like if we need to be taking <laughs> like, ourselves. I just want to talk about Tom Mulaney. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just No, I I get that. Sorry uh, to cut you off. No, um, no. No, I totally get that and I um in your in the famous questionnaire you mentioned that and like I so feel for that because I think we're in an age now which is so interesting because it's only, you know, a few years back, right? But I think people are starting to realize that things that would be labeled as like silly in like 2015, 2014 our jobs, our industries, our things you can still have like expertise on. And just because it's fun and a little more like surface level doesn't mean that it's not legitimate. And I think your job at BuzzFeed like proves that, you know, like even the way, I mean, my job, I guess even podcasting is pretty new, but also being like a content creator as well. Like that was so frowned upon back in the day. And Completely. And now I feel like it's starting to be taken more seriously with like and like the creator to, like, economy, yeah. like like with it being like a legit business model now. Like I think it is so much more legitimized. But like yeah, it was something that people did not take seriously for like the longest time. And like I think yeah, it, it's frustrating. The world needs all types, man. Someone's got to write about the VMAs, and you know what? It doesn't have to be you, but you should still respect the people that are doing it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like there's no need to like look down upon it. And I also relate to that because I think I felt that way in the theater school sometimes. Like, don't get me wrong, there's such talented people there. I made great friends within the theater community. But because the way Northwestern works is most of the um productions are student cast, I think mm. I felt like because I like wasn't going to all like 
the theater people parties and like was in a sorority and had like other shit going on I feel like sometimes that worked against me and that was tough because it was like I'm kind of someone I mean this is part of it's gonna sound so stupid but this is part of why I did try to as you know like I could have been in Kappa Mm -hmm. like I could have done the New York City girl thing but I'm someone who doesn't like to be like put in a box so I feel like I felt that way a bit with like being from New York City and I felt that way a bit with theater where like everyone one wanted me to like fit into this theater major box and I was like no 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 mm-hmm. I do my own thing you know yeah. so like yeah so I I totally I hear you for that okay next question well you kind of said you love your Sundays so I don't know if you'll I'm sure you'll figure something out what do you get Sunday scaries about I try to avoid Sunday scaries. I try to like really like make Sundays exciting and like have a plan for a Sunday, even if it's just like a good movie to watch or like something, because I I think that Sunday scaries are such a problem because that is still a day of weekend. And if you have scaries all day, you have wasted it. And that is like such a- You're wasting a a full day. You're wasting a full day of weekend. And like, I think I know Sunday scaries are hard and like sometimes unavoidable, but like you have to battle them because otherwise you, the man is winning because you're losing a whole day. You know what I mean? so true so this I, is also why i feel like we should have three-day weekends but also on my own boss so i can't complain really. <laughs> no i mean i i think i do get sunday series sometimes just like at, at like thinking about the meetings that i have on monday or like you know if i have something like like big like i'll be like looking i try to not look at my calendar on sundays but if i do when i open it i'm like oh shit 9 a.m like i and i'll be like up late at night and i'm like oh and i and i my bad habit is sometimes i want monday to not come so i i'll stay up too late on Sundays and I'll like try to like make yeah. Sunday longer and I, it's it's such a bad habit but if I'm even I am not immune even though I fight the battle of Sunday scaries every weekend I'm so glad you fight the good fight also it's such a good tip to just be like yeah find a show you like are looking forward to watching it doesn't have to be like a big social event or plan but just something like small to get excited about yeah save a good show for Sunday or like go to a antique furniture shop or something or plan to go to a bookstore like it it doesn't have to be crazy but get make a plan wow fucking love that the type a in me just like beautiful um okay if you had an alter ego who would it be and why like what would the name be what would the vibe be Ooh, an alter ego I think I would honestly my 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 alter ego is Miss Fawn my cat um but no I I would if I had an alter ego I think it would probably be like an artsy like I am like low I I am hidden I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of hidden artsy and creative I don't like outwardly be that way because I I think it's people roll their eyes so I like don't want to be that yeah you feel like you should like stay in your lane but you're like no guys I actually am a little bit I love to like write like fiction in my downtime and like I I I feel like in in my my secret life I'm like i think I'm like Henry Wadsworth like I I am like I, I I love reading and like writing by candlelight I think I'm like Joe March I think my alter ego is Joe March from Little Women and I am like oh uh, I, I want to live in the English countryside like where Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn go the lakes like I want to go to the lakes district Same. in England I want to live in a cottage and I want to like write um fiction and that is my alter ego <laughs> wow I feel like you should just do that at some point like save up and just like fuck off to England I think about doing that all the time I'm like fuck America at this point seriously okay next question what is a piece of pop culture tea that we may not know and you definitely do um Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson are dating 
for sure, no doubt in my mind. Kaylee Cuoco from The Big Bang Theory. They just filmed a movie together. It's a rom-com. He they just... loves older women. I. She's like, yeah, I think she's a little bit older than him. I think she's like 35. She, um, they just filmed a movie together. And in the middle of the filming, he broke up with Phoebe from Bridgerton. And yeah. she just randomly out of nowhere announced her divorce to Carl Cook, who was like a random horse trainer mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And they've been spotted. They were at Lilia together. And they're like, he was like mm-hmm. in the background of like her TikToks. They are for sure dating. I, I'm convinced. I don't think it's been officially confirmed by any sources, but I'm telling yeah. you right now. Pete and Kaylee Cuoco dating. Wow, that's like really good pop culture. She, that's I, like, I, <laughs> I've, I've got one. She also one is skill, this is flight attendant too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's crushing it right now. So flight attendant her. was I mean, great. I don't love. Yeah, flight attendant was really well done. Are they doing a second season? I think so. Yeah, I think they're filming the second season right now. Amazing! So excited. Okay, what in your opinion, your humble opinion? Is the best Disney Channel original movie. Oh, it's a movie called Stuck in the Suburbs with Danielle Panabaker and oh, Brenda yeah. Song. It's my this is a this is an oh, insider yeah. pick. It's not one of the obvious ones like Luck of the Irish. Stuck in the Suburbs. It's about two teen <laughs> girls that find a celebrity's phone, cell phone, and it is my favorite just decom. If you haven't seen it, guys, it's so good. Please go watch it. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Yes. It's fantastic. Also, go listen to Emma and her brother's uh, podcast, which I just found out about. I love it. Um, what is it called again? It's called D Comedy, like DCOM, Disney Channel Original Movie with comedy. D Comedy. Incredible. Wherever podcasts are found, you can find us. We review Disney Channel Original Movies. It's very silly. That's so amazing. That's my favorite thing ever. I'm definitely going to listen. Okay, and the last of the 70 questions, who is someone who is currently inspiring you? I have two. I have two that I'll give you right now. Number one, as per usual, always and forever, um, Taylor Swift. I'm the biggest Taylor Swift fan. Like, <laughs> you are the well, biggest Swifty. I am a huge Swifty, and I don't care. I will not apologize for it. I don't care don't what that makes me. That makes me basic. She is one of the greatest songwriters of our generation, and if you don't yes. believe that, then you're wrong like just because she makes pop music for women doesn't mean that she is not a legitimate artist I think she's fantastic if you don't believe that you're sexist misogyny (laughs) is powerful folks and it makes everyone think that Kanye is a genius and Taylor Swift is basic that is the problem with America um but no she is I she's inspiring me because like that girl is pumping out albums like she has released like four albums in a pandemic. I can barely put my pants on in the morning. She's giving us <laughs> content. Like, and she's also reclaiming her songs from um, that POS Scooter Braun and re-recording all of her stuff so she can own it because I, yeah. I agree with her. I think it's important that artists own their own work. She and needs so her money. Yeah, she's just, and I, I get it. Like Prince fought this battle years ago. So it's like, it's not like she's the first person to ever have this issue. Like Prince had a whole thing. That's why he like changed his name to a symbol if you don't know that. But um i i'm very inspired by her like doggedness and wanting to own her own works and also just creating new amazing stuff and like you were saying stepping outside of a box and making like a crazy amazing like folklore just so different than her other stuff so she's Mm. inspiring me and then also someone else that inspires me just because i love her stuff is jessica knoll she's an author she wrote luckiest girl alive yes and she's so great yeah she's so great she wrote luckiest girl alive and favorite sister and she I follow her on Instagram and she's a great follow if you don't follow her. And she is someone who inspired me because she 
really worked hard to get Luckiest Girl Alive made into a movie. And it uh, and she really fought, even though she had never written a screenplay before, to be the screenwriter for it. And I just was watching her journey on Instagram of her writing the screenplay. And then she, they were just in Canada filming writing the movie. Yeah. And she was on set. And it was so cool. And I just I thought she was really inspiring. So cool, Really cool woman to watch on Instagram do some really cool shit. And that movie is coming out on Netflix soon, which is awesome. Oh my god, I'm so excited. That was a great tip. I feel like you've had so many like nuggets of wisdom and like things to watch for. This is amazing. Thank you so much, Emma, for coming on. This has been a long time coming. I'm glad we finally did it. Where can everyone follow you, see your journey, all the things? Uh, I am Emma Stone Tyler. Uh on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and that is my real name. My middle name is Stone, like the actress. And I want to say this right now. Her real name is Emily ah! Stone, and she changed her name to be uh, to get a SAG card because there was already an Emma Stone. So I'm and the Emily original Stone. Emma Stone. Wow. She stole my name. That's all I got to say. But yeah, Emma Stone I Tyler. Feel that for you. On all platforms. Yeah, follow her. I recently met Emma Stone. Uh, because we were both struggling with our passports. Well, she was struggling <laughs> to get her baby a passport, and I was struggling to renew mine. Guys, if you if your passport is about to expire, like renew it today, right now. The the backlog is crazy. I have heard people having this problem. It's people stupid. Have, people have like missed their honeymoon because of this. Renew your passports, everyone. Most important PSA of the renew episode. your passports. Literally so important, like hot ass tip. Um, no, mine took like five months to come and I paid for it to be expedited. So, oh my God. and because of that, I just booked a last minute trip to St. Martin for this weekend. Who am I? I deserve it. Living your best life. Love it. Absolutely. It was worth it. The flights were actually like wildly cheap. So Ooh. hopefully I don't die. Anyways, as always go follow Emma. She's hilarious. Great content great pop culture news. Her TikTok's hilarious. Her tweets are very, very funny. Please, as always, uh, rate, review, subscribe, share the episode with a friend if you enjoyed it, and follow me at CKNY1213 and at WTF SUP Pod. Okay, bye, Emma. Bye, guys. Bye, bye guys.